Welcome to the XY Advisor podcast. To join a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice, head to xyadvisor.com. This episode is proudly sponsored by Integrity Life. Just like XY Advisor, Integrity isn't afraid to ask the hard questions. Like, why does quoting life insurance have to be so darn complicated? Why can't you just do it all online? Why can't underwriting be more consistent? And why can't claiming be just that little bit easier? To find out how Integrity is doing all these things differently and more, head to integritylife.com.au forward slash XY. G'day, Clayton here. How's it going? What do you know? Strike a light. Uh, we have Huria here uh, today to discuss financial planning and all things phasier and a bunch of different subjects. So, uh, you know, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And hello, everyone. It's yeah. lovely to be here. No, I, I've seen your, uh, I've seen what you're doing sort of popping up on the XY platform a fair bit. And um, I was looking at it going, actually, it would be really interesting for me to ask you a couple of questions because. XY is sort of getting to the the stage, or at least it probably has been for a little while now, and it's certainly ramping up now that the um, that the raise is successful. Where I'm sort of getting less and less connected with what's actually happening on the platform, and I'm off sort of doing all the boring, you know, like tax stuff. So you know, as as companies grow, that tends to what happened. Um, so what is it? Uh, you're you're doing like a level of yeah, courses or education or something around the fascia um, exam preparation. Like what, what's going on there? Yeah. So um, at the moment I'm running the uh, fascia exam preparation uh, intensive course um, yeah. um, on the XY advisor platform. And this is um, exclusive to the XY advisor as I am passionate about um, your kind of mission and vision. And also I am familiar and um, uh, I would like to think, Good friend with few of the members of um, XY, such as Adrian, that we, I think it goes back to our time at AMP. Um, That's right. Yes. And um, yeah, and uh, kind of, uh, you know, bump into each other in some sort of uh, catch ups and drinks and things like that. And he was always talking about, you know, XY community back in 2015, 16. Um, and it's great to see that, you know, how far it has come and how much it's grown. and um, it's uh, way more, you know, established as a community um, for the advisors, um, and it's all, you know, credit um, to you guys to put a lot of, you know, effort. And I guess, Clayton, if you are not seeing much, yeah, you know, if you can be involved much, it's actually a, a success to the community <laughs> because that's the whole point of community to be able to kind of evolve and grow and interact with each other without actually needing those kind of nudges and pokes here and there. Yeah, a hundred percent. You're exactly right. Um, if anything, we, we do try to stay out of the way as much as possible. Um, but it, you know, Emily is such a, such a gem that she, you know, I think people, uh, invite her to, to get involved uh, a, a lot, which is, you know, fantastic. So where did you get to a point where you felt comfortable that you understood I guess, fascia to the point where you could actually help others um, prepare for the examination because that's sort of, um, you know, it's in an environment where obviously a lot of people are unsure. 
um, and, and you're an advisor and you've sort of put this uh, court, like, was it a case that you did so much work with the exam prep yourself that you thought, well, I just have to get this into the hands of other advisors? Was it like that? Yeah, so um, I think um, another kind of aspect of, you know, um, me in terms of my career, I've done different things, you know, in the past, um, over the past 16 years. Um, I started in project management, change management and risk management, and then I moved in financial services. I did advice. I ran my business for a, for a while. I think that was the time that we shared the most pain with Adrian over the, over the drinks and random chats here and there. Um, and um, a reminder to him on York Street so when we were both, um, you know, um, having a little um, tiny little office. <laughs> um, and um, from that, um, I started early on um, because of my background. I had my master in finance. And then I got invited back uh, by um, the, the lecturer who was running the course that if I can go and start doing guest lecturing. And that's how I got into the education side of the advice. Wow. And um, I realized that um, it's an area that actually hasn't been kind of tapped much. And um, you go and do, you know, do, a, do, a, do an, a degree, but you don't actually have a pathway as how to become an advisor. What do you actually need? And I look back at myself when I wanted to become an advisor, I got my master's degree and I said, okay, let's rock and roll and go and, you know, give advice. And I said, oh, no, 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 wait a second. Uh, what, what what do I need? Oh, you have to have a diploma of financial planning. I was like, are you serious? I've got a master's degree. Do I have to have a diploma? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Um, and now we're going the other way. It's like, oh, you've got a diploma. Now you have to have a master. <laughs> oh, okay. But not any master. The masters that we want or reapprove or um, have, yes. you know. Um, so um, I learned a lot from the students that it's an area that it's very abstract. So when you go to a class, um, it's very hard to motivate and encourage students to talk and ask questions. So um, that's kind of how I, um, I got more into the education because I absolutely love to challenge myself. And if I'm in an environment that, um, you know, that I have to uh, bring everyone together, um, I absolutely enjoy that. And that was in a, in a, um, great you know it was a great opportunity in a very um kind of safe environment you know at universities in the classes that you can actually uh, maybe shape someone's career um down the track in the future um if you are actually guiding them through the right way um so that's how i got into the education side and um then i moved to one of the education providers and i was working purely on the FISIA um, requirements and exam and uh, developing bridging courses um, past 18 months. And that's how wow. I realized that um, there are a few other courses at the, mo at the moment in the sort of a market, if you call it. Um, but what is lacking is that advisor perspective. Yeah. So you have courses that are run by different education providers or individuals. Uh, but when you actually have a sit down and when you are bringing your client case to the um to the sort of a uh, to the platform and you want to ask questions about them usually that's where um the kind of the lack of you know expertise come into play that it's more about the academic side and it's more about the theories um and not really tangible and practical and mm. sometimes you get to the point that they they tell um you know students or advisors that um well this is how it is you know just just go with it um whereas i like to actually 
be able to tell um, you know these the students slash advisors that um, well let's go and have a look and and you know kind of break it into um, pieces and see why this client case um, might have been a breach. Let's actually you know drill down and get to the bottom of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, coming at things from an advisor's point of view, just makes so much more sense. I think. Uh, with, with anything that's in financial advice, um, there's a, there's always such a strange overlay where advisors understand advice, but if you've never been an advisor, then it's really hard to talk the language because it's kind of, I mean, if I think back to when I was a, a tax agent and I was studying to be a financial planner, it was really bizarre because I, I, I didn't quite, in fact, I had no idea. I sort of, you know, I was, graduated the RG146 or, you know, whatever it was, the diploma. And I remember starting in financial advice and it being absolutely different to everything that I was expecting. I was expecting it to be much more along the lines of tax, but it ended up being so much more important because you're dealing with, well, the future uh, happiness of, of, of people over the course of, you know, a, a week, a year, a decade um, and longer. And it, I guess the, it was so important. It was much more important than just uh, getting one or two things right. So like when you're in tax and you're doing tax planning and things like that, it's really numbers driven. It's okay, this, 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 and this, but because it's, it's uh, isolated to essentially a 12 month period, you know, the financial year that it doesn't have an extremely large impact on someone's life. Whereas financial planning just has such a huge an overwhelming impact on people's life that mandate and the pressure of that role doesn't really sink in until you are, you've been catching up with the same clients for a few years and you, and you're realizing that, well, we are hitting these goals and they're starting to trust me. And now we're both working towards this long term uh, outcome together. It's a, it's a very cool thing and it's very hard to describe that to someone if they've never done it before. Um, so I'm a huge fan of, uh, of advisors and former advisors getting as involved in all aspects um, of financial planning, including Facia. Funnily enough, I just interviewed um, Stephen, the CEO of Facia, again for a second time. I think probably by the time uh, this podcast comes out, that uh, that podcast uh, would have already made the rounds. And um, I can tell when I speak to him was in that he's relaxed a lot substantially over the last 12 months because when he was brought in, right, it was, it was, you know, like advisors had just been through the Royal Commission and mm. it, it, it was a very tumultuous time. But I mean, at the end of the day, and you've probably seen this yourself, there's been thousands of advisors sort of publicly declaring the fact that they're now fascia qualified, right? It's almost yeah. become this like pretty positive thing that, okay, you know, it, it's an, is it annoying? Yeah, it's a little bit annoying, but now we're getting it done. And it's not so much that FASIA was annoying. It's just that there was so much change happening in real time that uh, it was just, it was a lot of pressure, I think, for a lot of people. And I think when, when um, Stephen came in, it was a difficult time, but it's been well received and that's really good to see. What's your sort of take out considering your, your teaching uh, or you're preparing advisors for the, the FASIA exam, what's your general takeout? Where do you sit? How do you view FASIA as, as a, as I guess, as a new uh, body and, and code that it is? Um, are you seeing the benefits? Uh, 
when you talk to advisors about the, the preparation and like, what are the conversations that you're having? Um, it's a very interesting question, Clayton. I always um, tell the advisors that there is nothing new in the FASIA stands and value that, you know, um, they don't know. They know all of that. They know everything about it. And it's a matter of understanding the FASIA perspective as how to demonstrate, demonstrate those knowledge um, in a practical sense, which is a client cases and scenarios. Um, so nothing is new. Um, it, and um, I think maybe that's a little bit of an area that, um, that these type of courses that I'm running would help, be helpful for advisors because you already got the foundation right. You just need to kind of tweak it here and there and uh, be able to um, um, kind of do a little bit of a time management and understand what area you need to maybe focus a little bit more depending, you know, what type of advice you provide. Um, if you are a sort of a, um, you know, front uh, facing and you're dealing with client on a daily basis or you are more of a writing strategies maybe in the background um, or um, if you are very strong in a technical side but not necessarily on a client engagement side so depending where is your strength in the in the advice space um, sitting in this type of courses it helps you to bring everything together and that's why um, I'm very passionate about what I'm doing because I do believe genuinely that all the advisors know um, everything about it. There is nothing new. It's a matter of polishing your existing knowledge. And yes, may, you may be able to, during this process, add um, you know, a few things here and there and learn from each other. And I think that's the value of having um, courses in such an XY advisor platform to be able to share um, experiences in a uh, in a community sort of a, a setup that you can actually bounce back actually idea from each other. You can actually, um, you know, check with your peers that I'm thinking of such and such. What are your ideas? And I think that's how we can um, empower and grow um, together and have a stronger industry. Well, you're exactly right because the sharing and learning between one another from practitioner, practitioner, pro professional to professional is, um, I would say just a modern way to do professional development in general. Like yep. this whole idea that you need 40 professional development points or whatever that is. And, um, and, and you just read some articles or you, uh, or, you know, sit in a room where someone talks. Um, realistically, it, it's, you're getting dictated to what it is that you're meant to be learning. But if you're in an environment where everyone's, at, on sort of an equal playing field, which is we don't know everything. And if everyone sort of plays by that same rules, we don't, we don't know everything. And that's totally fine to share and learn and to, to ask questions uh, and to answer questions. Um, to me, it just makes sense. It, it, it's just a more efficient and effective way to get better. Like for thousands of advisors, like for a whole industry to get better sort of simultaneously. So that's kind of the premise um, you know, of, of X, Y, we're not really doing anything that unique. We've just kind of digitized the concept of, of sharing and sort of centralized it, but I'm a big fan of, of what you're doing. So, uh, first and foremost, like, thanks so much, right? Like, it, you know, that's so cool that you put your hand up and, you, and you're running these courses, uh, these exam preps. I, I think it's amazing. Like as soon as I saw it, I was like, Oh my God, I, I have to reach out and uh, ask you what you're up to there. So how did you get into advice? I, I know you mentioned that uh, you had a master's in finance yep. and before we 
started recording, you mentioned that you'd moved here from Iran about 11 yeah. or so years ago. Yeah. So did you have your master's in finance before you got here or like, what, what's the story? No, my, I'm a little bit of a nerd. So my bachelor is in mathematics. So, um, I have always um, had a passion about, you know, the data um, before it become a buzzword. <laughs> so um, now I can actually proudly say I had a bachelor in mathematics, whereas before it would have been a bachelor in mathematics. I'm a bit of a nerd. Um, whereas now you don't need to be too embarrassed about it. Um, yeah, so I had that um, sort of, a, um, you know, excitement and interest about um, complex um, sort of information and, and theories and how you can break it down into more digestible pieces and, um, I think that's what I'm doing with, with the FASIA, that when you look at it, all the standards and values, it may look too, you know, too hard or too complex to have a look at it. But when you actually break it down into the practical um, you know, um, aspect of it, and in, in, a, in a sense that it's more like a um, scenario basis and client, and you just break it into smaller pieces, you understand that, oh, okay, I know all of that. I, I'm sure that I can you know, pass the exam. It's not, it's not that hard. Um, so I did my, my bachelor and I was in a project management. So I was um, back in Iran, I was working at Nokia, um, Nokia Siemens Networks. So I was in a telco huh. and uh, in, a, in a technology side of it, um, the rollout of the, the, the telco and the mobile network in, in, in Iran. And then I moved to Australia and it was a little bit of a chicken and exit situation for me for the first six months to be able to get a job because you had to have a local experience to get a job. And then I couldn't get a local experience because I couldn't get a job. Oh yes. The um, joy. I, I, it, it's, it's like um, when you're starting your career and everyone wants two years experience. That's right. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. You, you want to, you know, become an advisor, but then you should, you have to be an advisor to be yeah. an advisor. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, and it was a very similar situation. So I met, then I um, managed to, you know, get a, get a job and I was a project management for a while. And um, then I was doing my MBA, but I found it a bit too um, sort of a broad in terms of the context. Mm. And I wanted to be more specialized in certain areas. So I got more drawn into the finance aspect of it. And also in terms of a little bit about my kind of personal life, my Dad um, retired from banking and, and finance back in Iran after 35 years. So it was always that sort of a conversation wow. in our kind of household, you know, um, and my dad was in, um, you know, fraud and um, kind of risk management. So he was always talking about different cases and he mm. sort of, um, he kind of decoded them and, and so forth. Um, so I had that kind of like underlying, you know, excitement and passion. I just didn't know about it until it actually kind of flourished going <laughs> to a course and then say, oh, okay, that's what it is. And, and I'm enjoying it. Um, so then I did my master and um, as I mentioned, I, I thought um, towards the end of my master's degree, I did a subject, personal wealth management. Ah. And I thought, oh, wow, that is very interesting. I never knew that I can actually tell someone yeah. what to do with your money. Like, yeah. this is so cool. <laughs> um, and um, I like sharing as you, as you gathered, like, you know, <laughs> having the course and um, I like talking about things. And it was like a perfect opportunity. You can talk about what you really love. Yeah. other people and maybe guide them towards you know um, their life in terms of their finances um, so then um, I thought oh this is the perfect you know opportunity and I want to be an advisor um, I said okay how, how can I become an advisor and then I had to do a diploma of 
financial planning to become an advisor, even though I had a master's degree. So mm-hmm. uh, I was so excited that I was like, how can I do this diploma? Like in two, can I do it in two days? How long it's going to take? <laughs> um, so anyway, I did the diploma financial planning um, and then I joined AMP Horizons program. Ah. Uh, I got into the advisor. That's how I met um, my, my fellow advisor <laughs> <laughs> and the whole sort of, uh, um, you know, um, fun started. Yes. Um, and then from that, I um, started my practice uh, back in 20, the end of 2014. Yeah. Um, and then um, I was approached by a recruiter to join a, a, a super fund. So I, um, and because it was aligned with what ultimately I wanted to do, which was doing my PhD in behavioral finance, because I was very interested about what makes people make certain decisions in their finances. Oh, so a PhD in what did you say? Behavioral finance. Wow. Cool. So watch the space. More courses going to come on the platform, which I'm at the moment. Just uh, Are you serious? The content together. That's amazing. So um, <laughs> did, did you actually complete your PhD? I haven't. So a lot of things happened along the way. Um, I fell um, pregnant with my daughter in 2016. Wow. Um, um, it was a kind of a little bit of a bittersweet because I had to leave um, a job that I really, really liked. Um, because it wasn't necessarily um, supportive of, you know, being a pregnant woman, (laughs) to be absolutely honest, Um, but without, you know, getting too much into details. So um, then um, I went back into the workforce, um, joined a fintech company, which they were doing an age pension um, and sort of uh, automating um, the process and so forth. So I did that and set up the, you know, compliance and so forth. Then I did a bit of a remediation, um, and that's when I guess I realized um, what can be a damage of, you know, the, ex- the kind of extent and the depth of a damage if the advice is not really appropriate. Yes. Um, and you, and when, once you start, you know, doing remediation and go through the cases, because usually you, would, you get the, the cases that are not, you know, um, so well um, prepared. And then you start seeing the sort of a pattern in, you know, maybe advisors behavior that certain things has been happening. And again, that kind of triggered that I'm really keen about understanding the kind of behavior side of things mm-hmm. in the finance. So I did a um, few subjects in psychology at Macquarie University. Wow. Um, and um, that kind of drawn me again back into the behavior of finance that I want to understand the human aspect of this financial planning. Um, yeah. And um, for me, the kind of driving factor was when I was sitting, you know, in front of a client, um, I would put a, you know, um, risk um, profile question in front of them. And I go through a question and I say, oh, who are you? Would you trust you? Whatever you say, should you go like aggressive? Should we go, you know, conservative? I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going to explain it to you what each of them means. And it's your decision. You have to feel comfortable because guess what? Six months land track, when everything goes down, you're going to come back here and say, you yeah. said so. And I yes. don't want that situation happen. Yes. So that's how I um, got interested that uh, what sort of tools can I maybe develop in terms of risk profiling? So I work on that space for a little bit uh, with some sort of a, um, like a psychometric te- um, test and how these two can kind of collaborate in a way. Really? Um, Where did and, that go? Um, that is still on the kind of back burner. That's how I um, kind of applied my bachelor in mathematics and data science part. So yeah, right. um, having some sort of a predictive modeling and 
um, and um, started um, learning R and Python, the kind of two um, data science programming. That's when I uh, joined one of the education providers in the financial services, and then I was purely working on the FISIA requirements and FISIA bridging courses. So I set up the um, behavioral finance course um, there, and then um, also working on the FISIA exam prep uh, workshop. And that's kind of the whole journey. And I am just, um, it, I am also, you know, in like a, you know what you want to do in, in your career, but also you leave yourself a little bit kind of fluid and, and open-minded to see what comes your way and you kind of shift to like a, like a little nice creek <laughs> through the rocks. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way of putting it. Um, wow. So you mentioned you did a little bit of coding with Python and, and, uh, and the like. Uh, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. That's so cool. So um, I definitely have to see this. I would love to see it. I'd love to see this uh, risk profiling tool. That's, I mean, if, you, if you're coming at it from a, um, you know, uh, an educated background with this, you know, with an overlay of being a financial planner, it sounds like a, an awesome tool because one of the weird things with risk profiling is that there's nothing in the um, there's nothing in the regulations that says well you need to do a risk profiling by asking ten questions mm-hmm. like it, it I mean it's it's really open um, and I've seen I've seen a little bit of I guess you could say progressive uh, views on how to tackle this concept of risk profile um, but what you've mentioned it sounds really cool. I, after this podcast, I definitely, I definitely want to check all that out. Yeah, sure. um, and so uh, do you feel like you've found your spot? Do you feel like you've found your space now? Because obviously you're really well educated and then you, you've got this kind of drive to help other advisors. Are you finding yourself more and more drawn into the education piece or do you feel like you'll go back to working directly as a financial planner? Um, I, I must say that I really dearly miss my time as an advisor. I absolutely enjoyed my, um, you know, interaction with clients and the joy that you get to see in the face once you presented the the advice and they can't believe that how much their life has changed um, and what are the potentials in the future for them. So um, that's something that I really miss about it, about the advice. Um, in terms of doing uh, advice compared to doing maybe more of education, I, I like the education aspect of things because I think I can have a bigger impact if um, I am in the education space within the financial services, I can potentially, um, you know, work with advisors that they're going to go and work with their clients and it's a bigger kind of effect. Yeah. And that's what it really kind of get me up in the morning, that the excitement, that how much, you know, positive impact you can have in your industry, um, in an industry that has been kind of hammered right and left and center uh, for a very long time. Yeah. Um, as long as I have been in it, it was always something, you know, uh, once was fortified and, you know, free for service. And it's kind of, and I don't think it's, um, we kind of have come to the point that it's kind of closed off yet. Um, yeah. Still, you know, here, um, you know, here and there that's, um, things happening and we still don't have the monitoring body and all of that. So it's kind of like, okay, we've got the standards, but who is actually, you know, enforcing it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you start thinking about those things, like, Oh, okay. I better not think too much about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that. <laughs> Let's make it somebody else's headache. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I, the problem is I feel like everyone's taking that approach. No, I'm kidding. There's, there's a lot going on, but you're right. It's, um, uh, 
it is taking a long time to get through. Um, so walk us through, what do you think are the top things that financial planners, you know, who are preparing for the FASI exam should be focused on? Um, I think the first thing is that um, make sure that you're actually comfortable and confident with your practice, what you are doing on a daily basis. Um, because ultimately you are getting, um, going through the exam and past the exam to be able to be a confident, even more confident advisor sitting in front of your client. Um, for me, that's the ultimate goal. It's not about, you know, making a physio exam is not going to make you a better advisor. You should al- already be in that space and in that kind of pathway for yourself. Um, whatever you might need in your, you know, um, skill set or your toolbox that you think that, oh, maybe I just need to do a little bit more on age care, for example, or maybe I'm not so confident on SMSF or I'm not so confident, but it's not an area of interest. So I'm going to be, you know, working with someone who is actually strong. And those kind of collaboration, and if you are not necessarily good in one area, then um, what's your plan? Are you going to be, you know, taking a course? Are you going to be doing self-study, just going to, you know, read and, um, or, um, you know, leveraging the communities such as XY um, advisor platform that you actually can go and ask questions from your peers and, and kind of like update your knowledge that way, which is a kind of like a fast track way in a way, instead of, you know, sitting down and read pages after pages and still not so sure, at least you can get some sort of a guidance. Other yeah. people can't study for you, but you can get some guidance that, you know, what, what are the things that I need to focus on? And the other thing is, um, I think uh, FISIA standards and values, this is a very obvious one that, you know, um, that they definitely um, advise going to get tested on it. So make sure that you are comfortable with it. Some of them, I think it's a standard three in practice might be a little bit difficult um, or it's still under debate. But um, my um, sort of um, maybe um, very quick tip is that when you are studying, don't get too caught up in what's right and what's not right with that standard because that has been set there but see that how you can actually apply it into your um, advice and have you been actually adhering to that standard or not and how can you maybe change your practice to be able to um, be as close as as possible to that um, to that standard rather than trying to kind of prove that that standard is not practical if it Mm. makes sense because otherwise you can just get down that um, rabbit hole and Instead of, you know, passing the exam, you're just going to be sitting and maybe um, you might be better off reading like a, um, a PhD research paper on, on how effective is the physio standards on the financial services. <laughs> ah, yes. Uh, you know, casual weekend reading. Um, <laughs> look, uh, thank you so much for, for jumping onto the podcast. Um, if, if an advisor is out there and they're, they're saying to themselves, actually, I'm super interested in learning about more. How do they reach out to you? What's the best way to get in contact with you? Sure. So um, the website is Upskill Advisors. And I intentionally picked that name because I do believe that all the advisors are well educated. They um, have all the knowledge. It might be, you know, a few courses here and there that you can um, upskill yourself. And why not take that opportunity? So it's upskilladvisors.com, um, not .com.au, so just the <laughs> .com. And also an XY advisor, um, you can either um, reach out to myself directly or I've been working very closely with Emily. I appreciate her support and her help. Um, and also she's been my brain trust just every now and then, you know, bouncing ideas and just running a few, um, you know, suggestion here and there. And she's been great providing feedback as well. And um, um, I guess the beauty of this course, maybe compared to other ones, is that um, I'm here to hear what works and what doesn't work. So yeah. this is a course that is constantly updating, evolving, whereas with any other um, you know, provider, you have to go through a very lengthy, you know, approval process to maybe to 
something here and there, and I'm sure we all have experienced that, that, you know, a table might be for 20, 2018, 19, and they just can't update it because it's just too much of the effort. <laughs> Whereas yes. with this course, you provide your feedback and I'll make sure that I'll, um, you know, take the right action for you. Awesome. Hey, look, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to, to come and share. Uh, super interesting story. Um, amazing. Like the level of education that you've got is huge, right? I mean, you got, I mean, uh, my God, I, I did a bachelor and I, I dragged myself over the line. So, uh, so congratulations to all your success Thank so far and, and well done, you know, pulling this sort of niche, I guess, um, service to advisors together. And thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Clayton. And it was an absolute pleasure. And I really enjoyed this chat. Thank you so much. Cheers.